0: Are you all ready That's
1: for so
2: this? Awesome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ready for this?
0: Hey, James. Hey Darren,
1: how's it going? Good, and just having a uh, pizza here. We're sponsored by Morrison's this evening um, and Casper Mattress. Uh, thanks, Casper Mattress and Morrison's. Well, this is uh, the Wasting... Episode 16. Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is episode 16. I've got pizza in my mouth. Thank you, Morrison's. Of what? Of oh, what pizza? No, what show is this? Oh yeah, the Wasting Time podcast. And where are we recording from today, Darren? Stratford, London. All right, and who's sitting here? We've got Chris. Hello. We've got you, James. Hi. And we've got Ollie. Hello. Ollie, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Mean Caesar, great cynics and Mylin, and he's also the promoter, Till the Wheels.
0: That's... He
2: did all right, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, um, did all right. Um, nice on. no, I, just,
3: I've only known never, him like yeah, 16 yeah. years, nice so... <laughs> so yeah, Ollie's our guest uh, on this episode, so thanks for being here, Ollie.
4: No, my pleasure. It's lovely to be in sunny Stratford it's so <laughs> sunny. this evening <laughs> in night time. <Yeah.
0: laughs> this time next week, it will be sunny in Stratford. At this yeah, time, it too.
4: will. That's exciting. I've been looking forward to spring for so long, mm. since like summer. So yeah, that'll be good. It's getting
0: there, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Chris, how's it going with uh you? Any anything interesting happened with you recently? Uh,
4: yeah,
3: it's going good. Um, what's going good? I'm I'm just trying to think. Music related. What's going good for me? Uh, my 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 new <laughs> that's been cool. Told <laughs> this, you is not, no, this is, no, this is oh, don't said talk at me. about that. <laughs> um, b- been to a few shows recently. Yeah, I'm good.
4: Who have
3: you seen? Enjoying life in this flat. Um, Who've I seen? Yeah. Um, I went to see Brian Fallon a few weeks ago. Safe. Um.
0: yeah it was kind of a disappointment Though, did he sing songs about waitresses and radios well
3: and yeah he, did, he, and he he ticked all those boxes but like he, he he would talk for like I timed him at one point like 10 minutes between songs what did he talk about just all sorts of, he thinks he's a lot more interesting than he is you know
4: I saw Gus Lantham on the first tour when they came to Norwich oh yeah and uh, there was one point where he was like we've been everywhere we went to India they have Coca-Cola in India. And I was <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, they make it there. That's where the, that's where the factories are. That, so,
0: sounds, yeah. that
3: sounds like something you would say.
0: Uh,
4: cool. So, what, what, uh,
0: good then or not uh, so good? No,
3: and also I missed the start of the set, which was annoying, mm-hmm. right? Friday what were, night what were you cocoa? doing? Just having a beer beforehand. Like, you go into a gig, Friday night, cocoa. You think, I'm not that bothered about the sport. I just want to catch the main act. Going like quarter to eight, you'd probably be safe for that. That's what we did. He was like three songs in. Like who goes on that
0: early on a Friday night?
1: Brian
3: Fallon. Brian Fallon.
0: So, yeah. he's got uh his Springsteen record collection to get back to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh Darren, how about uh, you Uh
1: flotation tanks. It's my new thing. Okay. What does that involve? Uh, you tank that you float in. And you uh um And you uh it's kinda of like the meditation type vibes. This is great radio. Thanks. Well, it's not really. This is more of a visual thing. Um, so yeah, just been doing flotation tanks.
0: A lovely job. Uh, lovely job. Uh, how about you? Uh, well, yeah, what I haven't really been you? doing much, but I've sort of spent the last month since our last podcast sort of struggling to sleep and slightly seething at the absolute gall of the United States number one. Blink one eight two. Themed podcast.
2: <laughs> uh, oh,
3: now I get what you were talking about before.
0: I thought they were God Canadian. Yeah. What, look, look, are they Canadian? Canadians, All right. Yeah. Well,
3: it's, they may. It's, well, they probably. We're actually talking about them. What happened? Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> well. So, Chris, were you on a like an ego search on Twitter or something? <laughs> right, yeah, that's
3: how I, how I spend each half an hour at work, of course. No, I was just on our Twitter and just I noticed our notifications and some random girl in Canada or America, or whatever, had said. Um, So my favourite Blink-182 podcast has started beef with some London-based podcast and then tagged us in it. What? And so basically, (laughs) these two guys, their podcast is they get every Blink-182 song that's been recorded. And spend two hours talking about it. So, so each,
0: each episode it, is one song, exactly.
4: Well, like, yeah. literally from like Buddha, yeah,
2: yeah to it, the
4: new one, yeah. But do they, are and they in
0: chronological order? Or are they just like spiffs back all I didn't, over the place? Yeah,
3: <laughs> I didn't investigate to that degree. But so, basically, what is it like?
4: Six albums? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, got
3: to be like that. Five, or so six. Yeah, yeah. So to give you an idea, so this podcast is obviously called the Wasting Time Podcast, and Blink have a song called Wasting Time from their first album. Yeah. I think, um, I,
1: I think everyone who's listening to that this knew that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I thought we were named after the mess record call. But right? <laughs> well,
3: whatever. Um, uh, nope. That was a joke, by the way. Yeah, have um, got that. Uh, so, I, I, the curiosity got the better of me. So I uh, listened to. I had. To, I was kind of like skipping all
0: three hundred and forty <laughs> episodes <laughs> of the Blink One Eighty Analysis Podcast. No.
3: <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, did, did you listen to it?
3: Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Three quarters of it was shit, just like Blink 182's back catalogue. Oh, did
4: you? I see I <laughs> was
2: well. <still>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw them. I liked it. Well, no, I didn't. That was the thing. <laughs> and I've never seen them, and I've always loved Blink 182. Well,. You know, yeah. sometimes you do, sometimes you're just like, whatever. But, um, yeah, I went to saw him and it was at the O2 and I've never been so appalled. <laughs> I, everything searched, all my bags and everything had to go through, metal te- detectors and stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, safety first. But I've, I don't know. And I then, felt you were like ju- I, then
0: you were just faced with Matt Skiba in, in camo cargo pants.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the other thing. Like, I couldn't see anything because I'm just at a bar and then, like, a mile that way is Matt Skiba and Cargo Pants. But, um, <laughs> but that was it, yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. This thing was... Oh, so so they, were, they were basically... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they weren't
3: that bad about us, to be fair. They, but they were just, I don't think they really got that our name titles are just like a joke, a reference to something we talked about. And they were like, I this think, sounds so British. I the think they made some assumptions.
0: Yeah, they, don't, they didn't know what a tote bag was. And I, I quite like they were going through it and
3: they were like, whoa, they had Mike from MXPX on theirs. We, we just talked about them once. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were like, they're a real podcast. Was
0: that Which the greatest day of
1: your life
3: they They, should, said they should have
2: probably
1: interviewed
0: him. <laughs> it was,
1: sorry. It was your big day,
3: wasn't it?
0: It was my big <laughs> day. Uh, Sounds good. So if the listeners from, uh, what is it called? I can't remember. Canada Blink 182. Canada Blink 182 Encyclopedia Podcast.
4: They Could have done better than that for a yeah. name. Uh,
0: if you are listening, uh, welcome new fans. Uh, Get we, fucked. We, <laughs> we look forward to um bringing our podcast on tour to Canada and um and handing out some free tote bags. Mm.
3: Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Cool. They did point out that our, our bio was they were taking the piss out of that. Yeah, that they kind was, of had a point. Yeah, yeah our bio's so awful. That, that went.
1: That wasn't written by us, even. No, it wasn't. Who wrote your bio?
4: Who did you (laughs) pay to write your awful (laughs) 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 bio? Your your awful bio.
2: Mm. Um.
0: Uh, Any other kind of news things that have been happening? (laughs) I I guess the the thing for me, I think we mentioned that we want to. I mean, it's all kind of come out today. It's that the uh, obviously like. what the fuck's the label called? Side One, Side dummy. one dummy. Side One Dummy. Uh, so their kind of well-respected press and PR person, Jamie Claire kind of a few months ago came out and said that all of a sudden she was, she'd been made sort of essentially redundant from the company and it was a little bit up in the air about what was going on and it was really great to see people rally around and try and find Jamie a job. You know, I think she's done a lot of good work. I think Jeff Rosenstock kind of credits her as being the person that launched their campaign put them in front of so many people. But it was still just kind of weird to see someone so good let go from a company like that. And it was, it was just a little bit odd as to what was going on. And I, I think it's been a bit up in the air about what's actually been going on with that label uh, until, like, Dan Ozzy, who is... Uh, Darren, you're his biggest fan, obviously. Um, he kind of, like, decided to take it on himself, do a bit of research over the past few weeks and try and work out what's been going on. And it essentially sounds like everyone at the label has been made redundant apart from kind of the two founders. That's uh, uh, Bill Armstrong and Joseph. Yeah. And they have released all of their current artists from their recording contracts, as oh, far as I Like that, Chris yeah, Chris Farron has been told he's like, he's free to go elsewhere. Uh, there was another band coming up that had an album coming out. Oh, it was there, Mom was, yeah. yeah. They just said, go, put your record out somewhere else. Like, feel free. Yeah. They're just going to concentrate on, like, their back catalogue. Like... Weird, weird situation right
3: although he did say like he was still they were still kind of would be signing new bands but like just not to the it was a bit vague I thought it wasn't quite as black and white as that
4: I think it's okay if they don't sign new bands yeah. because it sounds like they've, they've taken on a lot it's a very turbulent industry as you know very well documented how turbulent things have been for the, since Napster so um yeah I mean, it sounds it sounds pretty sensible, I guess. I mean, it's sad that yeah. things aren't going... I think someone mentions in the in the Dan Ozzy article the things that just didn't go as quick and as... Um,
3: yeah, that was... Uh, Christina John said that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you I know... I think she's worked at the label for years. Yeah. I remember, because, like, her and another guy, Matt, who used to work at the label, used to do a pretty cool podcast. Mm.
0: But it's, so. you know, like, they just had, that last year, they had so many records coming up that it's got to make you wonder maybe they'll just move to, like, a, a licensing model where they'll just find bands internationally that they like and they'll just put the record out in the US yeah, rather than, like, big whole artist development campaigns, which yeah. cost a lot of money to get people up and running. And
3: also Joe Sibbs got his uh, stand-up comedy career as well. <laughs> have, you, have you ever watched any of yeah, that? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I did. did you used to watch, he used to have... Um, this is about five years ago, but it was like it was on. It was like a YouTube channel, but it was like a talk show, and he'd uh, have a stand-up comedian and then two guys from bands, like so, someone like Chris Farron or yeah. like someone from Anti Flag or whatever. And it was every Friday. It was fucking great. Man. I really missed
0: that show. Man. yeah, I no, never saw that. But yeah, it's a shame to like lose such a good label. Well, I mean, they're not gone. They're not forgotten. Um, I mean, you just have to hope that all the bands find nice, good homes to go to.
4: Yeah, and I think. Uh... I think there's a very good chance of because uh, it's a very respected roster. And I think that anyone that has the facilities and has the infrastructure is going to be more than happy to take on uh, take on what's been set free from the contract. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's interesting what you said about like the development deal and, uh, and, uh, you know, I guess the 360 thing, you know, having all the merchant live involved into it it. Cause that was a, a hot model. 10 years ago, something that was like, or 15 years ago, maybe that was the thing live nation and everything. Um, but when you're kind of straddling that small to large, you know, you're in that middle ground, you really are. Um, I think, you know, it's a bit of a Russian roulette, isn't it? Because you could, you can really tie yourself down to a lot of responsibilities and, you know, you know, sometimes things, you know, like they said, don't move as fast as you need them to. And you just could take a step back and it just looks like they're just taking a step back. And I think there's a responsible way to approach it is to uphold responsibilities on the, um, on the back end of things in terms of like back catalog, uh, you know, uh, so people can still, so that business is still rolling, but the, uh, but just scaling back what's happening sort of in the future. So you're just managing that, you know.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it's weird, like those sort of the bigger labels could go out and, do 360 deals and say, like, we'll we'll take a control of, of your live and merch. But yeah. when you're probably someone that's dealing with the kind of bands that are on a label like that, if you're dealing with, like, you know, Iron Sheik, you can't you can't say to them, well, we're going to dip into your live and merchandise. So literally all that label has to live on was record sales. Mm. And either it was, like, sell vinyl because no one's buying fucking CDs or uh, what else was it said they were doing. I didn't realise that they were doing warp Tour compilations. Yeah, they, they were the official warp Tour. Yeah. Compil- that was
4: yeah, yeah. my first experience of one uh, I mean, it was yeah. Kingsley and HMV. Warp tour compilations.
3: Mm. Yeah. Matt, is that Can all they do the Atticus Dragon the Lake ones as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That must have been a little earner uh, no, the Walk tour stuff.
4: They said they did all right out of it, but it wasn't like their bread and butter. They've got mm. um in that article they said they had gold records of that on the walls. Mm. Yeah. But I so mean gold isn't platinum. Yeah, but well, maybe they were platinum. I think they also. said platinum, but yeah. it does
0: you know, it depends on whatever kind of deal they had mm. with, with Warp or like what kind of license deals we've done before. I mean, licensing tracks for compilations compilation is a
2: nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, good luck, guys.
0: Yeah. I hope it like carries on and like turns it around and
1: maybe they've got to invent a new form of, A uh, new platform for music to be heard on.
0: Just, um, it's music sold in on little tapes that you put in match boxes
4: that like, you just leave around coffee or shops. Like a little sweet. Then you have to eat the sweet to hear the song that's brilliant i think we've sold it that's the music industry sold
1: yeah it. rich
4: it's sweet <laughs> <laughs> but
3: oh i um, sorry i have just remembered something i was going to talk about so uh, i was talking to one of the guys from phineas gage if uh, anyone likes that band um uh they, they've got some news coming soon uh they don't want to say too much right now but um if, if you're into Phineas Gage, uh, just you know, keep an eye on that. Be aware, yeah, be on full
1: Phineas Gage alert, and but, also on that on that. But time. be
0: be aware of putting your, like searching Phineas Gage on Facebook because they might take that data and use that to kind of send you what? What
4: think you want a, like a metal pole through your head? <laughs> For those that don't know, Phineas Gage is a guy that had a metal pole through his head, and he was fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, didn't know that. But I like Phineas Gage the band. Oh, I used yeah, to go great. see them. They're great. They're, uh, yeah, catch them
3: live. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but just keep an eye out for any news that might. get paid Are they
4: up, still playing? Or are they reformed? Is um, it's a re. You know, it's a potential. Reformed, are they playing any shows? If if, it, if I, the news I'm is what we think it is, I don't know. Oh shit! They're doing something. something. Well, they're doing something. Have so put, they're going to be doing something. If they're doing a record, then they'll play live to spoil their record. But tune in for our next podcast in four
0: months' time when Chris reviews the gig that he's teasing right now.
4: (laughs) But we we can't confirm if it is a gig. Maybe like one of them's having a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell everyone on your podcast? Yeah, yeah. Maybe got a
0: new job.
2: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: anyway Phineas Phineas Gage good band listen to their best of uh, that John our last guest put out recently anyway do we have anything else
2: no, oh,
4: the Lightyear documentary, yes, the guys from well, Lightyear that, yeah. are doing a documentary yeah. about punk rock in the this, this, late sorry, 90s this podcast and podcast could be in
3: 2002 with, with the bands we're talking about. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, L- sorry, sorry, Lightyear, the
4: Scar band? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, can you really put them in a box? You know, Light <laughs> <laughs> Lightyear,
2: all sorts. Um, yeah, sorry, but yeah, so
4: like the guys from that band, and I guess they've got like a you know, a gang of people with them. They're making a documentary about the scene that I guess we all grew up in that whole, you know, that late nineties, early noughties, deck cheese, house of name, punk rock scene that, you know, made a, that was, you know, that was like an internationally known thing. Sure. And um, yeah, they're making a documentary uh about that they're looking for funding yeah, at the so moment yeah and they've only yeah, got a few we'll, days we'll left we'll link
3: up there when we put, hopefully put this out tomorrow we'll link up their facebook brilliant so people can uh
4: yeah so someone in canada they can, can slag it off it looks like it's <laughs> gonna be brilliant
3: yeah no uh, th- it, it could be really they've good.
4: been doing some interviews already yeah from like members of five knuckle i think I saw oh, really it online yeah yeah oh, yeah soul Saul from five knuckle yeah yeah um So, yeah, I think they, you know, they just need need donations and they can just, like, get on with it and it's going to be totally rad. Yeah. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I've got one more bit of news. Go on. Uh, So, obviously... Record store day it used to be this really, really cool, oh, in April, yeah. Like uh thing. I actually think now it's become a bit of a horrible mess where actually late. small labels now can't get their records pressed at the times in the lead up to record store day because it's you, all being clogged up by like. Fucking Sainsbury's have record store day yeah. vinyls now. So but uh Big up Wicked Morrisons Wicked, wicked record store in Watford called LP Cafe have like I mean, they've only been open a couple of years, but they are fucking stepping it up this year. They take, like, I'm from Watford. Uh, I know, Ollie, you're playing at this, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, LP Cafe are taking over, like, a load. I mean, Watford's Watford was a great fucking punk scene for years, had a big thing going on, and then just, at the dec- I guess, the death of gallows. Like, it just completely stopped and halted us. Uh, But now you've got uh, LP Cafe and things seem to be, like, ticking up again. So they're taking over a load of venues. Um, They're going to have bands playing throughout the day. They've got Waco playing. They've got Oli, your band, Great Cynics. They've got, uh, who else? A bunch of really, really wicked bands. Yeah, uh,
4: Rough Hands, I think, are playing. Um, Oh, man, I I literally was looking at the poster this afternoon. Um, Yeah, no, I can't remember. Yeah, it's going to be wicked. Like,
0: make sure if you. Oh, social club. Social club, yeah. Yeah. Always worth a watch. Always worth a watch. So, if you have got nothing to do on record store day, come down to that.
4: Hmm. Yeah, do it. Um, It's going to be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, M from Nervous is definitely involved. Uh, Paul from Nervous and Social Club as well. Um, Yeah, it's going to be... Oh, Funeral Shakes, I think, are playing. Wicked. They're very good. There's members of Gallows, Nervous, and Social Club. And And someone else. Smoking Hearts. Yeah, Smoking Hearts. Incredible band. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be wicked. Definitely do that. So, um,
0: stuff we've been listening to, uh, like... I, I mean We were only saying Before we started the podcast That kind of Last podcast We were struggling For releases But this yeah. this time We've just There's been so much it's stuff It's been out, a lot It's been like, very
4: dense it, lately It has releases.
0: It has uh, So I, I mean Anyone else What have you been Kind of listening to
4: For me is Yeah, go yeah I mean It's uh, Last few weeks Duck and Punches Took up a couple of weeks um, The new record's Incredible Um who are they for our listeners in Coaster Island? Duck Doug are from Norwich. Uh, Dan Allen um, was a singer-songwriter. He used to do some awesome things like the uh, rock House Crawl in Norwich, where you'd have, like, seven houses full of uh, acoustic artists. Um, and you'd just, like, go around having a party at people's houses. That was good. Uh, he used to do all sorts. And um, he's had this project for about seven years, I think. Um, it was a full band with, like... Violin, acoustic guitar, and stuff as a folky thing, but um, about a year ago started doing it with electric guitars and uh, got a couple of new guys in the band, and um, their new jams are just like astounding.
0: It's quite a departure from like their like what was the previous record called?
4: Oh, um, it was like the,
0: the it was black dancing,
4: cover. some dance till you something. Puke. Like we've all got phones with Google,
0: <laughs> but it's funnier <laughs> trying to remember. No, um, but it, like the last record was on Extra Mile. This one's an yeah, on Extra Mile. But yeah. like then they had quite a few lineup changes uh and just changed the sound completely. Like it's
4: yeah. I mean, it's at at the uh, core, it's still very much Dan, Uh but. With the um, so I'm trying to look up this album name, <laughs> um, Duck and Bunges. Um, but with the new instrumentation, it leaves a lot more space for melody. Mm. Um, whereas before it was, it was toned down and there was uh, it was very melody centric, but there were so many things going on mm. with the electric, with the you know, they get in the tone zone, these new guys, uh. Ryan and Marcus, uh, very talented, very talented men. I mean, they've always had talented musicians around them. But um, well, I guess when you're when you're playing stuff
0: that's like Darren, you have played a lot of like solo acoustic stuff. But so when you're like a solo acoustic musician, you're constantly playing guitar. There's not there's not really space for like fizzy brain. Yeah,
4: last album was fizzy brain. Yeah, no no dancing. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I thought I
1: thought that was a music term, <laughs> so don't know that one, but well, you fill the gaps when you play acoustic. It's quite weird when you watch like a massive uh, like band, say like I watched the Queens of the Stone Age do an acoustic thing, and it's terrible because they don't know how to fill the gaps when they play acoustic guitar, yeah, but then you can you overdo that when you go into a band, you have to rework your brain so yeah
4: yeah, I mean with the uh, I mean with the technology and with the uh you know the the tone and the timbre of that instrumentation, you have uh, you have different tools to use, and you, you know, things things sound different. So, arranging things, and you mm-hmm. know, it's it's uh, it makes it a whole, whole nother game. It, sound, um, it sounds, from what
1: I when I listen to it, it sounds a step up in terms of it being more of a produced thing.
4: Bob Cooper, yeah, mm-hmm. the the hot the hot guy in town. Mm. He's still hot after all these years. Yeah. Well, he's just done like a, a shit ton of albums and they've all been bangers. Mm. Mm. Um, I wasn't so aware of, aware of him till about a year ago, maybe. or no. Yeah. Maybe a bit longer. Cause I remember Mylin were talking about doing something with him at one point. Uh, but um, yeah. And I mean, I just, I'm just constantly, Ending up like sessioning records that he's produced, and mm. you know, you can't argue with that, can you? No. Seal of approval,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but so, the, the uh, Duck and Punches record, amazing. They, I guess, they're going on the road soon, or they're, they're always on the road, right?
4: They're in Europe at the moment, they're doing a UK tour in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I they, they don't think they have long at home. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the thing about this record is, I mean, Dan, you know, a like, lot. All the uh, all our crew in Norwich have added uh, some heavy stuff over the couple of years, like people dying and stuff. And this album seems to be like it feels like a release. Whereas like the stuff that they were writing before was documenting these bad things that are happening. This seems to be like able to take a step back and look at what lessons have come from that. It's a very cathartic record, I think. Mm. This Ducker Budge's record. Um, it's, it's certainly made me think a lot about things, and um I feel like a lot of thought has gone into the writing i mean I just by listening to it like sonically it's incredibly thoughtful well arranged
0: yeah um, but you've only just got they released a video this week. Yeah, for a track off the record, And rather than just the it being a traditional music video, it's actually it's kind of the music video with live performance, and then it's like intercut with sections of the band just doing what was that? It's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby uh, outside. Intercut with just sections of the band talking about what the album means to them, what the yeah. writing process was like, what their lives were like at the time, and things they've been going through, and it's actually quite a hard hitting watch.
4: It it's- is. It is. Yeah. I mean. I guess you know we're lucky enough to you know, be peers with these people and we know them and we speak to them and and um you know we know what's what goes on and and it, it for me it was really touching to you know get that insight Charlie Wallace did the videography He's been doing all their music videos He's uh, he's in uh, I Say Goodbye right? Yeah yep. with Pete Wright Who uh, plays also in Duck and Punches And um, Alan And someone else That I'm probably mates with And I just I was pissed when the, I put them on one time It was a great show But I was quite dumb. Yeah we played with them right? Did I put Yeah that was You guys uh, played the same no, show? No we did, we did, we did no, uh, no, Cambridge. Cambridge Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, he's doing an incredible job, mm. um, and yeah, and it's all their music video for uh, one of the other tracks, um, the one where they go to the big yellow storage, and um, there's like skeletons beating up Dan. <laughs> incredible stuff! Incredible mm. stuff! That ultraviolet, you know, the uh, effect on these. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't paper mache. They were on On stage for their album release, which was my favourite gig of the year so far, uh, the one that I went to at the Lexington. They're the big paper mache yeah. skeletons that Dan and um, his uh, uh, partner Tulip uh, were play. Were, they made um, incredibly yeah, huge things. I couldn't fit on the stage at Lexington, and um, yeah, because Dan involves all of his creative ventures into the into the band so you get you get this uh multimedia yeah. whole thing ranging from awesome filmography videography um to um you know these arts and crafts paper mache sure. things it's you know? crazy. yeah yeah
0: yes yeah, he, he, he grafts
4: yeah he yeah absolutely yeah yeah he's a. I mean he's Talented enough to make a living from doing it. So, okay, fair um, you know, he does commissions. So, I mean, we've all seen Dan Allen artwork on T-shirts and album mm. covers and great. stuff. So, um, yeah, he's very prolific in his artistry. Mm. It's, yeah, it's great. Get it's on great. It. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's called? Alamore.
0: Alamo. And it's out now. It's, it's pink. It's a lovely pink cover. Yeah, it's an like Extra
4: Mile. So, all good record Always stores. Good. I
1: believe they have a couple of copies in Leon C. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. You mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. But On yeah. CD or vinyl? Uh,
1: I think it was vinyl. Oh, really? For yeah, Leon you know, C? But you have to go to the back and ask for the vinyl.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh,. So, like, I mean, I guess other records that I've got a massive list of records. So I'll just yeah. kind of whiz through a few of mine. Yeah. Uh, top of this month was the the Hot Snakes record. Oh, which, love like them, don't you? The Hot Snakes are like a big thing for me, and obviously, yeah. like last podcast we we talked about uh, the live show though, it's the yeah, yeah, just incredible stuff. Um, but you know, I was they released a track called uh, Six Wave Hold Down, which is an incredible. Mm title for a track and they, they released the album cover which is literally just like a stock photo of is it the bass player surfing like yeah. through a wave? it's the bass it player yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, and it, but it looks like some kind of weird stock photo and I was like is this record is this record going to be any good I had such high hopes for it like that band's catalogue means so much to me but it's like it's just as frantic just as fast just as angry like Frobug sounds like his bark is just as pissed off as ever John Reese's guitar work is just ridiculous it it sounds so good
4: i'm wondering whether it's actually even more so like more angry more frantic Mm. um that was what i noticed when i listened to it was i mean the production was different from like some of my suicide invoice or um which i i pretty much for all that kind of rock and roll punk um i judge it all by Suicide Invoice. Yeah. Um the album, but also the song Suicide Invoice. Um and so when I listened to this record, I also did that. And what I just dis- what I thought at the end of it was it's it's a new record, it's different, and you can't compare it to other things. And I actually on first listen enjoyed it probably more than any other Hot Snakes record that I've listened wow. to on first listen
0: it's super listenable like yeah. all the way through you can go start to finish like I've I've just had it on all the time and and there are like unlike some Hot Snakes records there's moments of respite where you just exactly go, where you go oh okay I could take a I take a breather and like seeing them live yeah. like they're old dudes like yeah, yeah. Frobergs is was like he, he on in the encore he kind of came off stage and we saw him at the side and he was literally like looking like an old man like doubled over like trying to Catch his breath For a minute or two And that's what the record's like And then you get tracks Like um, the, the title of the record The, the, the song Jericho Sirens, Sirens Which yeah, is just yeah. um, Which is his Kind of interpretation Of uh, having tinnitus and trying to like reconcile that and asking his partner to like help him through it and stuff. Oh. And it's like, and, but the song that's actually like a step back moment tonally. It's like a, it's a wicked moment when you dig down into those lyrics and stuff. Mm. So actually there's, there's a lot to take in on it and,
4: but it's a lot more three
0: dimensional than some of the other hot stakes records, which are just wall to wall
4: garage bangers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the thing though, is like on, the other hot snakes records, even like that John Peel session stuff, there's always bits where I'm just like, oh, this is okay. But then there's other bits where I'm like, this is pure rock and roll. This yeah. is like, like, you know, my heart wants to rise up out of my body, mm-hmm. rock and roll. Um, but uh, this, this record, I didn't feel like those awkward moments, you know, where there'll be like a verse, which I just, I think I know, what it means to you, but it doesn't mean the same to me, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, that's why I, that's why I feel like this record will be the one that I'll probably, I'll, I will stick with this record, you know, mm. like, you know, you get some records that you stick to some records that I'm like, you know, you know like, but you'll sesh it for a while and then it will sit on the shelf. There'll be one of those ones that you go back to, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want someone to listen to.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, after those two reviews, I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: uh,
0: pretty high praise. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's yeah. Good. Uh, other other stuff like I've had a few like really really cool records. Like there was one. Um, I, I so always I'll like catch a beer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, man. Go go for it. For it. I always kind of look at like bands that I really so like. I'm just <laughs> a beer. <bit. laughs> <laughs> I always look at bands that I really like who are touring in the US and seeing who their support bands are, because sometimes bands that I really like, when they come over here, they're not able to kind of bring the bands they want or get the bands that they want supporting. But when they play in the US, they're able to like say, this is who we definitely want to support. So American Nightmare have recently reformed, Uh, and I'll I'll get onto their record in a minute. But uh, they took a band on tour with them this past like month called Spiritual Cramp. You heard of these guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah so they have got a record out called Mass Hysteria. Uh, it came out in December, so it's a little bit. So I'm a little bit slower getting back on it. They're like a San Francisco punk band. They kind of do that like '80s post-punk, um, UK '77 working class like. J-
4: there's definitely a lot of Joy Division in there. Absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, man. Like they're incredible, but like it definitely has that like Bay Area punk yeah. with bits of reggae in it. Mm. Like it's
4: it's there's definitely enough. like a surfer vibe in there yeah. as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I love that. That record's uh I can't remember. Is that, again? Is, the band's called Spiritual Cramp. Is he kinda yeah. is it
1: kind of not it's not, but the way the guy sings, is it a bit spoken wordy? Or Yeah, little bits, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've definitely i I've definitely seen some stuff by them. Yeah. Uh, bit ian
4: jury in a way. It's, it's cool that American Nightmare took that. Out. Yeah. Because I mean what I'm seeing a lot of recently is a link like a real link between you know that hardcore and Manchester, or like that post punk thing. Well, it's, you know? I mean, I guess like
0: we could get into it with the, the American Nightmare record. Like I remember, so American Nightmare have just released their first album since. 2000. 2004,
4: 2003. I couldn't, I couldn't wow. find that to listen to. So 2003 was their last album,
0: uh, down to her underground, which for me yeah. was my favorite was that, American that Nightmare was, record. Yeah. Give up the ghost. Yeah. So yeah. they were give up the ghost at the time. They had to change their name for legal reasons. And they're now back to American. Was Nightmare Was it legal reasons? It was. There was like a blues band called American Nightmare, yeah. and they just, they were all so, they were almost at wit's end with the band that so they couldn't be bothered to fight it. They just went. Yeah,
4: we'll just change it. Because I thought it was because of the World Trade Center.
1: Nah,
3: I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Was hear it not? That? No,
4: no. Have I just heard it? Have I just stuck I think with made that you rumor of the
3: Jimmy World? So
4: nah, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, well, that yeah. as well. But I yeah. literally have stuck with that nah. idea okay. to the point where I, I was like, that's yeah, fa- I like American Nightmare, but I also think they're cowards. Oh. Yeah. But in actual fact they're not. They were no, just no, no, no. they I, just had to I, deal with I've, I've, I've never heard that excuse.
0: That no. Why they changed. Actually, you know, Well, if that, if, if Dance of Underground came out in 2003, what was World Trade Center was 2001. Yeah, so that's they were still called American Nightmare at that point. For another couple of years at least. Uh, I'm
1: afraid you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs>
0: Get out. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no I am wrong. But yeah, so, so I mean when when American Nightmare came on the scene, like I was never really into all my friends were really into like tough guy hardcore, uh, you know, like the real beat down stuff, like Chris and all those guys were yeah, like, really I, into all that. Robin and,
4: still wears the same American Nightmare t Yeah, but now. like
0: it did that. I
4: wasn't into that really
0: aggressive hardcore sound. And then I got introduced to American Nightmare, and it was like, actually, here's a band that almost has, you know, they would come on stage and Wes would be wearing Smith t shirts or he'd be wearing like Fred Perry shirts, and it was all very much about. The British London aesthetic And that And then they Went away They've split up And they've come back And actually You listen to the new album And there's tracks on there That sound like Bauhaus There's tracks that sound like Joy Division You can hear all those like There's bits of Nick Cave And the instrumentation in it But it's still like
4: A Boston hardcore record It's crazy Didn't Ceremony do A very similar thing Absolutely yeah Because I really enjoyed That last album That sounded like More Smithsy More Joy division
1: well, I think a lot of rock bands do that now. Like, when they go, when they go, in, well, when they go off of the off of their song, if you like, when they go into like an interlude or something, they like it's better than. I'd say hardcore bands do it probably better than most straight up indie bands you know what I mean because I don't know maybe because they love it I remember having
0: like Strike Anywhere over in Norwich and Mike was putting them on and they wanted to go to the local record store in I think we've probably I've probably told this on the podcast before they wanted to go to the local record store Soundclash yeah Yeah. and they were like oh there's like an Oasis box set here yeah, amazing and we were all like yeah man cool yeah, and they're yeah. like this is." it was in like a benson and hedges packet yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were all losing their minds and they're all wearing like parkers and like fred perry yeah, yeah. shirts and paul wella style <clears throat> shoes like american hardcore bands have always loved like yeah, yeah, yeah. that british mod aesthetic and I, have, and can I have can i have
4: kicked it with matt and thomas and talked about oasis before <laughs> like they're totally oasis guys yeah
1: so is that okay with you? Because I seem to get a bit of a hard time for it <laughs> doing any of the what you've just mentioned.
4: Yeah,
0: that record, the American Nightmare record, like absolutely incredible. Uh, I I went to see them a couple of years ago but live. Is it when, out? It's out. It's uh, a, a bit of a muted, but it got like a seven point eight in Pitchfork, which I never thought I'd see. That's like a Ooh. a critical perfect album yeah. for them. Uh, <laughs> I I went to see them live a couple of years ago when they first reformed. Absolutely slated it, hated it, thought it was shit. I thought it was a bit of a money grab. They put this record out. I'm, like, gagging to go back and see them, especially if they play some of these records. That's dope. They're really cool. And, d- nervous? Has everyone, like, heard yeah. the I'm, Nervous record? I've got to take a piss, yeah. but oh,
4: okay. I want to oh, talk I about
3: Nervous. I've definitely got a couple of opinions on it.: All that. right, okay, yeah. cool. Anyone else? I haven't, I,
1: haven't I haven't heard it. You haven't heard it? No, I think I've heard a couple of songs. Dude, you've
4: got
3: to hear it. So I was saying to Ollie before... Um, I cuz I really enjoyed when I've seen them live, really enjoyed yeah, yeah, the yeah. previous EP and the singles they put mm-hmm. out before this. And then I went to listen to the album and I just couldn't get you know wasn't feeling it. But I think it's maybe because the stuff I've heard from them before is quite poppy, so I was like maybe hoping just for an instant yeah. hit with me, which I don't think it's about that at all. So I didn't really listen to it properly. So I'm essentially saying on a brief listen Wasn't feeling it, but having had a discussion with Volley in particular, which you understand why in a minute, um, I think I need to take it some more. I mean,
0: like, I guess just from my side, like... Yeah, what do you think of it? I mean, I loved Permanent Rainbow. I thought that was near to a perfect record for an unheard of band as you'll, you'll ever get. Like, it was just the most super tight rhythmic punk kind of band that borrowed for me just as much from the rapture as it did alkaline trio like it was like uh oh, who's yeah. the, is it jack kenny the drummer what like, in alkaline oh, in, trio in, in, no in Nervous, oh, Jack. But, oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he's got the most incredible command of like a, a drum clave like th- he's the grooviest fucking drummer Ooh. so like to me they're not just like really a punk band um m m's chorus is I mean, Em can write choruses for, like, months and harmonies. But I think for me, and I know that you'll probably sing the praises of this record in a minute, and I love it. I really, really fucking love it. and It's got a lot to say. But for me, sometimes the guitar virtuoso stuff that Em's doing, and Em is an incredible guitarist, but it slightly takes over from just the fucking solid harmonies that are there, and it takes it away from me a little bit.
4: Okay. I mean, so, yeah, Em's... Got a few riffs in there That are You know like But also Can you do that again please <laughs> um, Have
2: you got
4: Have you got the tab for that Yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Click the link below the yeah. podcast To download <laughs> the, the tab, tab.
4: <laughs> um, d- Did you know that M's dad John Played a solo on that record mm. Were yeah. you there at the um, Duck and Bunches release show No yeah, so Nervous played that and M's dad came on stage oh, with them. Oh, cool. And M strummed while <laughs> M's dad... Like,
0: I made a comment when they released uh, that song, the audio for it. I made a comment on their Twitter. I was like, I love this new Nervous track because there's a solo in it that sounds just like Oasis. And M came back and was like, yeah, my dad wrote and recorded that and he's a massive Oasis
4: fan. Like, oh, you really really? <laughs> Yeah, M's dad was dope. He uh, was like just like hanging out at the show. Was just like sick as fuck. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So get into, was,
0: get into your like argument for this record. I mean, well, it's nice. It's, it's all. love, isn't it? Yeah. It? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'll tell you what. If if this record makes me feel this way, at the eight, I'm a a thirty three year old guy who listens to sad punk all the time then fuck knows what it's going to do to a teenager. Cause I sessioned it for like five days straight and the deeper, like I got into like the lyrics and like, you know, the way the songs like flowed and moved and, and they're very, I mean, they're very well written songs in the sense that when you get down to the lyrics, you can feel like a connection between the dy- uh, in the between the lyrics and the dynamics of the song, so it's bringing you up and down, bringing you up and down, and it's associating that lyrical phrase with that feeling of going up and down. It really played with me, um, and that's not a bad thing, you know. I mean, it's like any you know anything that you use. You know, I use music to feel a certain way and that music made me feel that way. So, I, you know, I've just got to be a bit careful with it at the moment. I can't listen to it all the time. Uh, okay. Um, there's, you know, the like James said, it's the, the songs say a lot. Um, and it says a lot to anyone that's ever felt like the world doesn't like them pretty much. Okay. You know? And uh, yeah, if you felt like that, if you can relate to that, then you're going to have a hard time, you know, reliving all that stuff. I do, I worry about my friends that uh, go on stage every night reliving mm. really heavy stuff from their life mm. for the cause of sharing it with other people to say, like, look, you're not alone.
0: Well, that goes back to, like, you know, you talk about Dan saying it's a cathartic yeah. thing, but surely. Once you've got it down on tape and once you performed it once or twice or got it down on paper and you've said it, that's the cathartic part of it done. Then after that, you're just reliving it. Surely, no, like, I you're just think, like pulling it, well, it back up all
2: the time.
1: Well, it depends who you are, doesn't it? It's also, don't yeah. you? But like, I would, I would like to think once you it's a message after a while. Mm. you 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 would have come to terms with whatever that thing was in the writing process in the mm. recording process and then the nervous bit about and the nervous bit of the whole thing is putting that baby out and you know letting the world hear your baby yeah um absolutely so the playing live and stuff I guess that's that's just more like a medicine sort of thing it's like
4: yeah I mean I mean maybe I'm when I was in it's not okay not a medicine a little those. Hug. I mean, like, the songs I wrote in that were very personal to me. I was, it was just after my dad died, I wrote all these songs.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: I just know that when I was touring that, I was, and, you know, if, especially with Dan, because, like, you know, we lost some people in Norwich and stuff, so is uh, reliving all that you know, I mean, I'm not saying that that's how they're performing They maybe they're not, um, Josh apologies as well. You know, mm. it's, it, do you know what? It's, it's very emotive music. When I, when I consume it, when I let it affect me, um, one of my thoughts I have is like, Christ, imagine going up on stage and playing that yeah. every night and, and putting that, the meaning of the song into your performance. So you're connecting the, what you're thinking with what you're doing and expressing that to express the emotion that goes in the performance of it. You know, there's quite a psychological strain and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that they they have trouble with that. I'm just saying that I had trouble with that. And so when I listen to records, it like takes that, you to that place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I've just said, yeah, this is one of those things I think about. So, the, so, and I've. Uh, <laughs> is. I mean, that's, that's, that's literally just one of the things that I think
1: that's, about. That's a, that's a good
4: thing. I've to got think some about. more, you know, <laughs> if you want to hear them. In terms of things that you
1: sh- could be thinking about, that's a good yeah, one to think about. Yeah, why not? Um, so, in terms, bring it back to the Nervous record, again, I, I haven't listened to this one, but I've listened to the singles before and I dug them and i dug the EP before. And they're a wicked band, but I haven't heard it yet. So, so I might be into some heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, as in like pulling. Yeah, off.
4: but you can also take. I mean, that's the thing. It leads you in because aesthetically, sonically, it's very, uh, it's very catchy. So, it's, uh, it's, I uh, mean, literally, like there isn't a thing that's happening that doesn't have hooks in it. Gotcha. So you, uh, and it'll get you
0: and every it feels like that whole record every note has been laboured over
4: oh yeah
0: Yeah.
4: absolutely this guy Jem uh,
0: Jem Eves who's like a great songwriter for that period in Norwich he was in a bunch of bands, like Big Success, Fun. And probably my favourite thing he did was The Captain. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely fucking love that record that never yeah. properly came out. Mm. Um, but he was in a band with uh, Carl and Mike from yeah. Fair Do's Records. And Mike, who's just nice Mike. Mike, mm-hmm. was everywhere. Um, but Mike left. Uh, big big success right
4: Yeah he left big
0: success yeah. And then they the two of them So Jem and Carl just Ooh. stuck together And put out a record as a band called Rest and Relaxation They've just put it out It's like a what a four or five track EP Called yeah. EP1 um, It's absolute pure Power pop punk vibes um, It sounds like something Rough Trade Probably would have signed in the 80s Like in, in the early 80s Sounds incredible um, You can hear like Jem and Carl both love the replacements a whole bunch like they're always talking about that and you can hear that all the way through as well as kind of talking heads that new more new yorky sound maybe maybe even like bits of the strokes like you can kind of hear like that that downstroke rhythm Mm. kind of single note riff stuff and then just gorgeous like vocal parts for days
4: yeah i mean tonally it's perfect um rhythmically it's just super fun um the the riffs are, are so interesting and subtle. For me, it comes down to um, Jem and Carl and Mike all just being guys in their early thirties, um, you know, with young families working in offices mm. and, you know, the emotional labor that comes with, you know, you know, that life, there's there's a
0: line like, I want to find a new kind of comfortable, a kind of warm, a kind of wonderful, like that lyric really struck out for me and that totally reflects that for me.
4: Yeah. I, I mean. Just before the Ducky Punches record came out, this is the one that I listened to over and over again. And I thought it was only on Bandcamp and I got the Bandcamp amp on my f- uh, app on my phone and I spent three quid and downloaded it, especially so I could have it. And then it was on Spotify anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, but a day you later. supported them. Yeah, Imagine absolutely. Them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Imagine paying for music. I
4: know, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's kind of what I like. I'm yeah. at the same age. I guess it's a serious nation guys and that where you've stopped playing music because like you're like, Oh, I wanna go out on the road and do this every day or not that you ever thought you would ever make any money out of it, but it's actually like, I just wanna write some fucking songs that sound oh, great yeah. with my friends and maybe it's just a studio thing and we just put out banging records of the are influenced by Tons of artists that I've loved And that's what It's a really joy It sounds like a really joyous record to me Just like Mm. This is what we've always wanted to write Just put it out
4: Yeah And uh, they took a long time on it as well They were doing updates for a while Um, Yeah and it was recorded by Jem's brother Lol uh, Who's a Totally doped guy Like moved to America And is like Doing sound on tour for some band He's like
0: guitar tech for Like Someone like the national Yeah that's it Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah
4: yeah um, but yeah, so he had to, he was doing that in his holidays, like coming over. War
0: on drugs. He's like, yeah. War on yeah. drugs.
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, sick. Um, yeah, Lols He used to kick it in the Boston crusty scene. Like, there's,
0: <laughs> Lols amazing. Like, so if he, like if you ever find this guy's like Instagram feed, there's so he's out on tour with, uh, War on Drugs, but he's wearing like crust punk like jackets, yeah, and he's backstage at the um, what's that big like US TV talk show. Like one of wise. the Saturday Night live yeah. type things And he's Coding just like, yeah, yeah, he's just like backstage Like sitting in like this VIP area and crust with, like his, his cross punk Jacket yeah. With
4: a Deviated Instinct t-shirt <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, amazing But yeah,
0: please do check out that record Like that band are great, I don't think they'll Reminds who it play. was like, So I- it's Rest and Relaxation And EP the one. called EP1 um, and then the last record I wanted to get onto, uh, Ollie, and I totally forgot that this record was coming and you reminded me when we were having you on the show, is Press Club. Oh, and, yeah. And you put me onto this band, first of all.
4: Mm. Um, I was just sharing... They did a couple of digital singles um, uh, with, like, live video. Or just maybe just, like, live videos to, like, you know, just put out there. And, yeah, people, I saw some people in Australia sharing it. and it was So like, good. It was so dope. Yeah, They're yeah.
0: They like, a Melbourne band uh all really super young kind of reminds me darren you i think you'd really like it because there's there's bits of like oh, gang gang of yous vibes to it's, it it's the
1: one record i checked out
0: her voice on there's the, actually the track suburbs yeah just blew me away and suburbia. This is, is it called suburbia yeah. yeah and i've just listened to it non-stop since like yesterday yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: the one thing Dug me out a little bit it was the distortion on a vocal for the whole record. Mm. Would have been nice to just, hit, I don't know. It would be clean. I, yeah, I get it. I get where they're going for. But I mean, it's
4: a stylistic thing. Isn't sure, it? You know, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Have they been over here? Not yet. No. You um, one? I'd love to. I mean, I imagine by the looks of the way they've blown up, they've probably got a plan for over here. that... Right. Maybe doesn't include little old Ollie you know? I don't know. If it does, great. If it doesn't, hey, you
3: know. I really like that that Southport thing you sent my way. Yeah, it's cool because I was recently trying to find some like new kind of pop-punk music that's mostly. not like you completely out of character you only for like me. old pop-punk yeah. music but... <laughs> old so pop-punk? i was going through like all the all these new bands and like so much of it's so stale like I, and i'm talking to someone who likes that kind of music and i was just like even like questioning am i really into this music anymore and like and like it was just depressing and there was one but there was one oh. band called summer wars who uh after a few listens, I was like, oh, they've got something. They've got some good hooks, so they're cool. But then that band, you'd sent my way. And I at first, I was like, oh, this this could be cool. And the more I've listened to it, I've, I've ended up really liking
0: it. It's um, Have you got uh, all the way through the record? Like, yeah, I've listened a few times. Because like, I kind of got halfway through, and I was like, oh, I know this is something Chris is going to love. But <laughs> yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't like... Put off by it I just I had other stuff To listen to or do So I didn't have time To sit down And listen to that whole record But what I listened to Was pretty good And I think the thing That sometimes puts me off With some of these like, I mean I love Older pop punk just sure, as sure. much as you, man. Well, like yeah, it's, like it's I, was, I was
2: even
3: like going back and listening to Slick Shoes. And yeah, stuff, and I was but just like why is no I, one making music but like I can't,
0: this anymore? I know? can't get on with modern pop punk yeah, at no, all. and like, I can totally understand why. But this, going but this, like yeah. it, it doesn't have that like layer of like saccharine sweet. Totally, thing there, to it. there's
3: something different about it, isn't it? And like, and I love that it. There's a few bits where it almost goes into like hardcore breakdowns and stuff, but it doesn't. You know, it's like we're not going to be four years strong. Is it like a Living with Lions kind
0: of like vibe to it? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. And there's some great hooks on those choruses.
0: The record's called White Lighter Myth, which is apparently this whole thing about how the FBI used to be able to work out who was smoking weed in the in like the 1950s, 60s, because apparently there were only two colors of lighters available: black and white. Yeah, and you would. you would stamp down the bit in your pipe with a, your lighter at the nice. end of it, with okay. the bottom of it. So the FBI would be like, oh, you've got a burnt white lighter. And they would know who to kind of go and arrest based yeah. on what the bottom of your lighter looked like. So that's why that record's Oh, interesting. That. Crazy.
2: Anything um, else?
3: Yeah, um, I'm going to be brave and say this in front of both of you guys, but I think the new Frank Turner song's
0: quite, got a good, good chorus on it. Not, I've can, you bait, can, can you bait? Can it. you bait Can you bait that out? Can I Wait, I'm just going to give everyone a quick blast of the new Frank Turner song back in two seconds. You're watching your favorite show. When the TV died The biggest power cut in your neighborhood.:
3: Oh, it's really 89. good. That's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the best thing he's done. Is this the one that sounds like Ellen John?
2: Yeah. <laughs> what is it like? that's alright. Give
3: us a vibe. Like down. I have no idea. Is it the one? I, it's is she, it's, she, just, is it's she, one of those songs where like the verses are just like Verses. You know, like, and it's all about the chorus. And it's not an amazing chorus,
4: but for a pop song I'm like, yeah. I'm so it's a bit this. like um that POD song.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, it's not as good as that, man. Did you
1: know Katy Perry's in the video for that?
4: Yeah. What for? Here uh, comes the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel so alive. Yep. For the very first time. <laughs> that one so i can't deny you i feel yeah. so alive katie perry's in that i was yeah. getting
1: my, i was getting my haircut in a wow. turkish barbers and they had mtv on there and it says really? like oh, okay. little uh mtv thing it was like katie perry's in the
3: love it i don't love him don't hate him but like you know so I, did I he do he he did his show. fucking i, heard,
1: I heard turner
4: i heard oh sorry
3: i think that's this summer
4: uh,
0: yeah god that was ages ago they put that on sale. that was like it, four podcasts ago. yeah I must have been 20. look
4: look of cucumber sandwiches to make.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, I heard the new Frank Turner, and I think it's a wicked um, 80s synth pop banger. <laughs> he, sp- he spoke about his new album and said, like, stylistically, the songs are, like, if it's a punk song, it's a very punk song. If it's an 80s pop song, it's an 80s pop song. If it's, like, a Springsteen rock and roll treasure, it's that. You know, like, they really went stylistically on this. But I just read that in an interview. I haven't listened to the record, so, you know, I I can't. reiterating. I find it very hard
1: to believe. Take him seriously, or honestly, anyway.
4: Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I hope I hope uh, my friend doesn't mind me telling this. Uh, Stu, who plays drums in Mean Caesar with me, he's the best Frank Turner story that I've... Uh, I mean, one of the best stories I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would you Would you like to hear it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cracking. Absolutely. So, Stu and his girlfriend, Pippa, uh, were meeting their friend from America uh, to go for Japanese food. And the friend from America said, is it okay if my friend Frank comes along? And they're like, yeah, sure. Right, whatever. Um, Frank Turner turns up and sit next, sits next to Stu, but Stu has absolutely no idea who Frank Turner is. Um, he's a punk rocker. He plays in a band, you know, with me. He plays in lots that, of that's bands. how it should I, be. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I don't laughs> this. Um, maybe, a, I don't know, a year or two ago. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're having a chat, and um, Frank's like, oh, do you play music? It's like, oh, yeah, I play in a band with Pippa, whatever. And, it, and then Stu's like, oh, how about you? It's like, yeah, I do a solo acoustic thing. And then he says, I'm Frank Turner. But Stu thinks he says, it sounds a bit like Frank Turner. <laughs> 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 and
2: and uh and, and
4: and Stu said like like that at the to- at the time he nearly went oh he's scottish so he was like I, i think frank turner's pish" but he, but he he didn't he didn't say that and he was like he said "i'll check out your stuff" and then because he was doing sound for the montague at the time when i was booking for the montague arms um oh, he brilliant he was like Oh yeah, I think my mate can get you get you some gigs. He work, he runs the gigs through a pub called the Arms. <laughs> and apparently Frank Turner was really nice about it and was like, "Oh, that sounds cool, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, just get in contact with me, or whatever, you know, just like being so, so fucking super nice about yeah, it. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Um, That's cool. And um and then at the end, But what's the opposite? Frank Frank, like, Tur- Frank Turner was like, "Oh, I'm I'll get this." But like for the whole, there was a big table of people eating Japanese food. Yeah. And like, Stu was like, put your wallet away, <laughs> you mad man. Like, <laughs> Play, like, playing like playing are you three. sure, mate? Like that's, a, like, that's a lot of money. Are you, are you sure? And, um, and he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, God. And then, like, <laughs> um, and then like on the way home, people were like, yeah, he was really nice. Was like, yeah, Frank Turner was really nice. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Frank Turner was really nice and what everyone Japanese sure he, food. I'm sure yeah. he is nice dude.
0: Uh, okay. Any other records, Chris?
1: Darren, do you even listen to music yeah. well? No, <laughs> it's mainly just podcasts. It just, no, it just sits
0: in his room kissing his new girlfriend.
1: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> listening to <the> Ice <laughs> Joe right? Fia- Would you like to listen to some p- p- old early '90s hardcore records? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Is your girlfriend French or E French? He's French. French. That's when he's feeling yeah, yeah, like Amorous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, turns on the, the Gallic charm. Oh, more <laughs> Madame. Would you like oh,
3: yeah, I some some new music? Uh, two songs, not well, no, one song. I think the other one was in our last podcast, but there was a good Spanish love songs. Oh, there's a new one. I yeah. Oh, one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that long ago. It's called Belly Yeah, Belly Yeah, it came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's the the a of song. Week. song as I was saying on the last podcast, I was never that bothered by them. Last song was great. This song's even better. So I can't wait to hear
0: the. Obviously, adore d- that band. Can't wait for that record. It's yeah, out this great. Friday, twenty third of they March. They got any dates over here?
1: Nope, nothing yet. Oh, I've got what? some fucking news. S- seven seconds.
4: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, this so is
2: gonna
4: sad. be a long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm friends with Kevin Seconds on Facebook. I really fell for him. I I, I see him. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever met him. because Sometimes I do just add people. Like, oh, I think I met like, him at think the think I know. <laughs> yeah. a long
1: long time ago, and I wasn't fully aware who he was, mm. which happened a couple of times at the Portlands.
4: From his Facebook, he seems like the loveliest man in the world. Well, you, you, DS and Georgie, well, DS oh, is friends. Yeah. They're friends with him. Yeah. so and that's a good, that's, you know, that's, that's good a company. Good, that's a good mark, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, just, I guess, for health reasons. It's...
4: So it's
0: not, not necessarily his health reasons,
4: but like, no, the rest of the band yeah. have got multiple things happening. Yeah, I got yeah, families and work, yeah. and
1: yeah. Drum's fallen a bit, bless him, and I think
4: a couple of other dudes have got stuff going on. And it must be hard to, carry on as a they did 37 years yeah Yeah, fair play I think my longest in one band is four years yeah Uh, no actually I don't I think that's a lie
1: I mean I've been a solo artist for a while (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah, that last six months (laughs) technically I'm still a solo artist
4: yeah (laughs) uh
1: but yeah, um, nice. they were they were meant to be supporting H2A, but they're not
0: now, so... Oh, they're not. They're just... They're not even doing what no, they not, had booked no, in. They're just... They're literally stopping from now. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. Them. Ha- have a good retirement. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like, he you gave us some wicked songs. Well
4: fucking done. Yeah. 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 37 years is fucking crazy. Yeah. To do anything. Yeah. Let alone play in a hardcore band. Yeah. Shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well done, dudes. Kevin Seconds would probably still do stuff, so...
0: Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about just before then? I can
4: tag him in this if, if oh, you want
0: <laughs> I have one final review uh, The Red City Radio oh, EP fuck. Oh fuck I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel the same <laughs> yeah, Like the a band that yeah. they put out their first album What a wicked little record yeah. You know it was the two different vocalists It was a quite a clever record There were some great songs on there They've somehow morphed into like a Bon Jovi tribute, tribute band yeah. With, like... No, I think you being generous, though.
3: Oh,
4: it's... They were always quite rocky. Yeah. yeah. they, yeah. You know... <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, Garrett's, like, mad fucking pissed all the time. And it's brilliant. Um, but, like, I mean, I don't really know the rest of, They stayed at Asprey Castle at least once. I want to say more. I'm not sure. But um, they... Yeah. You know, they've always been quite rocky. Mm. Yeah, they were really... And Muscly. The big people.
0: Yeah. Are they? Really? Big, yeah. muscly Just Americans. a tiny pork pie hat, like, sits on his head like a, yeah, little,
4: gar- like a like little cherry Garret's on a, bit, a Bakewell. Gareth's <laughs> a bit more, like, plump from the booze. and <laughs> yeah. the rest of them are, like, you know, like, Stacked. ex-football players. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I, do you know what? I might be thinking of a different band. You're <laughs> <laughs> you thinking of Madball. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that new record, like, Chris, you heard the record, right? Yeah. Like, Darren Yore is, like, a staunch defender of... Oh, uh, I love Red that.
1: that uh, what's the record? Um,
0: well, their second one. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's, uh, decent, that's brilliant. Man. I think that's wicked
3: I, album. No, I wouldn't, We're not really talking about that record. It's good.
1: No, yeah. well, well, this is subjective. Right? Yeah, of course. But yeah, uh, no, this <laughs> I couldn't get on board. But with this no, like first
3: Tigers. Stuff.
1: The stuff they, the single or whatever they released before this was a bit. Yeah.
2: me
0: Darren,
2: yes. Do you,
4: do, do you want to open proceedings? Yeah, man. So, Quantum Leap. Yeah. Favorite episode. Oh shit! Um, I used to watch this. Fuck. The last episode was really dark. I can't remember what happened in it. He never got. I
0: think we've we got a few times on the podcast that, like, didn't really he get home? Ha- didn't he
4: get to somewhere that he thought was like close to home? So he was like, "Fuck it, I'll stay."
2: It seems like a, yeah. <laughs> seems like a
4: cop out. Um, I mean, you've
1: caught me out here because I don't actually know what happens. Oh shit! Sure. Well, so you're, you, you you're you're
4: springing quantum leap on me, and like
0: you don't even know. Well, he does this every every episode to each guest. Ask them what their favourite episode is. What's your favourite episode?
4: The Elvis one. Well, I don't think. So I, no, I bet it's, so it's it. the only one you can remember. I bet yeah. you haven't watched quantum no, leap in ten there's, years. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple because I used to watch it like on the random on BBC Two when BBC Two showed mm. it. It you was know, like like, after It was like when you were ill dinner. from school. That's when <laughs> it was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like after tea though. It was like oh. a six o'clock jam. Oh
0: was it? Along yeah, with, yeah along with was. Space
4: Precinct and, you know, yeah. the other shit. Do you remember the old Buck Rogers used to be on it, And then know? you'd mm. get
0: that one about the Canadian Mountie. Oh, G oh, South.
4: G South was dope. Yeah, yeah. But what then was, they didn't they change called? the cop?
0: Like it, they But no, but didn't he get like put away for like Beating his missus or
4: something. Oh like. Christ, probably. But well, the Mountie. <laughs> <laughs> that, but do you know what? Canadians do you know what? There. I mean, like if he did, then fuck it, I'm not watching that again. Uh, so
0: the final episode of Quantum Leap. Mm. He. So the episode description was: Sam leaps himself into 1953 Pennsylvania coal mining town, where he encounters what seems to be familiar faces from people he helped in prior leaps while learning more about his mission and why he leaps from one point in time to another in the series finale episode, Mirror Image. And then it just stopped. Like, they never, they never ended it. Ah. Do, you, do you ever like... It's a bit like Twin Peaks, isn't there's, it? There's some really dark... Like TV shows.
4: Imagine if they did another quantum leap to finish it off, like they did with Twin Beats. Oh, it would
0: be amazing! Mm. But there's some like TV shows that you don't think are dark that had really dark endings. Do you remember Alf? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? There was a thing on. Do you remember the episode, the last episode of Alf? He gets taken away by the government to be researched on. He gets taken away from the family. That's the end of the episode. They drag, it, him, yeah, they, yeah. they drag him out of the house. And he gets taken away. And then That's dinosaurs. Like it it might
4: you, have been meant to be a cliffhanger. Yeah, the dinosaurs. Oh,
0: you know it, yeah, yeah, dinosaurs, dinosaurs yeah, literally, yeah. they're all looking up and seeing the meteor yeah. come towards yeah. the planet. Yeah. <laughs> That's so dark. Yeah. But it's like this. Like they're all with the baby. Ooh. So grim. Anyway, we digress. Uh, Ollie, so like we've been, we've been looking forward to getting you on, on this show for a long time because I think... It's, been in, every the, it's been in the
1: talk Since
4: 2016 Yeah,
3: yeah. Well he, he did have a cameo uh, Yeah we found you right In the very yeah. very first ever
4: episode And apparently Greg Was the guest on that mm-hmm. yeah, It was Which the was great. first ever
0: episode yeah. Shit Yeah You couldn't get Greg. anyone else For the first one
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Greg <laughs> Jesus yeah, that's we rough right We He's mouth. a guy
0: that plays bass In a load of good bands I
4: I can talk to Greg all night Yeah You know I can listen to Greg all night So why not You know Everyone else Let everyone else have a bit of the fun, you know? (laughs) But I
3: think It's still our most downloaded episode. Is it really? So, yeah, quite comfortably.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he's... He's a—that's what they call him. Download, enig- Greg. He's an you know? enigmatic
0: guy. Yeah. Especially with that roll neck, he's bust. He's like working at the minute.
4: Well, is he rolling at the minute? I saw him. I've seen him a couple of times in the last week or so. Well, the moustache is gone. Yeah, he had a date. Yeah, uh. yeah. That's
1: that's not committal to a moustache. You have a uh. date. No, yet. he didn't.
4: You know. He, do you know what he was like? I'm just going to make myself a bit more accessible. Some people have moustaches. Some people don't. But Mm. it's not like not like some people don't like not mustaches, and some people don't like. If you don't have a mustache, so you're not really splitting opinions. So
0: anyway, this has got a little bit too uh, in joke because most of people listening to this probably don't know who Greg and the mustache is. (laughs) You know who
4: Greg is? (laughs) Gregor Grady, British Chief Myelin Geezer.
0: Every every episode of this that I've listened to, and then the ones that I've been on, and we've said to people like, "Oh, who should get on?" Like people have always said, like. You should have Ollie on. Ollie would be a great kind of person to talk to, and I think we've we've I'm wanted you for a while. Dragging out
4: though, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's all right. Look,
0: we're, we're only we're, we're, it's only
1: four hours. It's be, only like be two a lot hours of on this. So, where did it start? Oh God! Where was was there a song? Was there a, a guitar passed down to you? Okay, no,
4: yeah, for real. I I tell this. I love this story. Um, Luke Waller, in my form, his older brother lived with Rob from Vanilla Pod. so his older brother would pass oh. him tapes down of like AFI, No Effects, Temple pole no username, nineteen ninety eight. Wow. Uh, so it was, it was the that's you twenty know, years ago. Yeah, 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 twenty years ago. So this is like the, <laughs> the era of the punk comp, you know. So it was, yeah, uh, we've yeah. had Rama two, Rama three. Uh Nitro Records um compilation yeah. came out, uh Kung Fu Records uh, yeah. no, it was it was the Vandal stuff from the Nitro Records. But then you know, you had like stuff, you know, like No Effects were banging, offspring were banging, Green Day were banging, rancid were banging.
0: Mm. So they were banging each
4: other. What, they were they were banging, man. <laughs> you know, come on, catch up. This is the lingo we we talking <laughs> about. You know. Talking about, you know, like the kids. Um yeah, and, like, I got these tapes. I didn't even know that these... It was the kids with the baggy jeans on the skateboards that were listening to this music. So I was, like, just, like, going around my hometown, listening to this on my tape player, just like, I fucking love this. So Suicide Machines, Bloodhound Gang, you know. <laughs> like uh, Propaganda, Good Riddance. I had a whole Propaganda album and a whole Good Riddance album on either side of a tape, but they were labelled wrong. So, like, okay. I thought Good Riddance was Propaganda <laughs> and Propaganda bad. was Good Riddance. Um, but it was... Before we could just search this shit on the internet, you know? Yeah. So I had these artifacts and I had no idea who to talk to or, you know, how I discover all this little did I know that we had a skate park in Kingsland and people were in punk bands in Kingsland and me and my buddy, he lived near the skate, the mushy pea shed smallest skate park in Europe at the time. Um, and it was just storage unit with ramps in it on the Hardwick industrial estate. And um, went down there, and they were playing 10-foot pole on the stereo. And that was where it clicked. My people are these baggy jeans, hoodie, long hair, spiky hair, punk rocker, yeah, skater yeah, people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. What did you think they were listening to? Just- I didn't
4: know what they were listening I didn't really have an idea of subcultures at that age. Yeah. I was 13 years old. Had you know? seen like pictures of the bands? No, no. It Nothing. was literally these tapes, tapes with labels on them, and it was like punk comp. And then the Good Riddance and Propaganda one with the yeah, 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 labels yeah, yeah. on the wrong side. There was a Suicide Machines and Bloodhound Gang on that didn't have a label on the Bloodhound Gang side. Just Suicide Machines on the other side. Um, and yeah, and, like, and then I made it my business to find out who these people are, like anything.
0: And how did you do that back then?
4: I mean, I would talk to people you yeah. know like I you know I kind of I started getting an idea of stuff like fashion things Um, I think I was 14 when I got my first pair of baggy skate jeans I started we used to like steal the chains off the <laughs> school cafeteria <laughs> to put on our wallet belt <laughs> yeah so like, you know we walk around with our wallets like yeah, attached yeah, yeah, yeah. He still
0: does that is it is yeah yeah work canteen yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Standard>. <laughs> but yeah but we used to do like you know silly like you know things like put key rings on them and you know and you know with spiky bracelets and i we'd spray our hair different colors and stuff but um it was when i started talking to people in the sixth form people like chris graham um people like ian dunn who was a really good bmx at the time um about these things there was what i discovered there was only about five of us in the whole school there was an alternative community that listened like corn Lip, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Lip Biscuit, Slipknot, yeah. uh, Marilyn and stuff. Yeah, Silver Chair, oh, exactly. Okay yeah, out. you know, and like, you know, Nirvana and Green Day. Yeah, yeah. And Green Day were punk, but um, because that was part of that. I didn't connect with it. And I'd tell people I listened to good riddance and they'd be like, Oh, what time of your life by green day. Oh,
2: really? And
4: yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I literally, no, was no, genie. I'd, I'd, I'd tell people I listened to Travis cut the band from Harlow. Um, You know, that was back then they're, they're on Them's good records. Like they've just, actually, that's a bit of news. They're getting back together for some, or they've got back to some shows, but they're doing some, doing a record now. Harlow Essex. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, didn't know yeah. Travis cut. Yeah. Um, just a fantastic pop band band from the 90s, you know. Oh. Um, and people would go like, oh, Travis. You don't look <laughs> like you listen to Travis, you fucking grunger. <laughs> Give me your wallet, <laughs> you know. Like, um, and it was, yeah. Then uh, they told me about this Vanilla Pod Revelation gig that was happening at the Regis Rooms. and um, Regis
0: Rooms was the venue in?
4: Kings Lynn, yeah, Kings Lynn. Uh, town Centre between the bus station and train station. I went to that. My dad took me. And um, yeah, we got a ticket from the skate shop. The mark ran, you know, and it was like, yeah, it just fucking blew my mind, man. I was, yeah, I just turned 14. So, Vanilla yeah. Pod was your first gig, yeah, Vanilla Pod Revelation Explosion and Article 19 at the Regis Rooms. I can't remember the exact date, but it was 1999.
3: Wait, list those bands again after Vanilla Pod
4: Explosion and Article 19.
3: What as in. Not as in the explosion, no, 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 like two-tone, a (laughs) two-tone star band from the Midlands. They traveled
4: back in time. (laughs)
0: Well, they weren't that far after it, but yeah. So, you found kind of this scene in King's Lynn, and then obviously, had had you
4: played an instrument before this at all? No, so nothing. I started guitar lessons after that first gig, straight Um, away. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And my guitar teacher is, um, like, my mum's best friend's husband. And he used to be in, a, like, a huge, like, hair rock band in the 80s called FM. Yeah. They were, like, the biggest <laughs> band out of Kings Lynn. Um, and, yeah, like, I, he lent me this Spanish guitar to learn chords on, and we learned Green Day Time of Your Life. <laughs> and, you know, we learned some songs. And then it was, like, I'll bring in these, and I managed to get him to teach me two songs that were exactly the same chord sequence it was um was it Nick Northern no it was, it was one of the songs by Snuff it was the one that was on Fat Music 2 and then it was a song by Wizzo which I think <laughs> was also on Fat Music 2 and they were just exactly the same songs
2: <laughs> it was
4: just like oh uh <laughs> yeah, so he was a, a bit bored. <laughs> um, because you'd walk into this garage and you just hear this like. <laughs> and then the tab I'd come for in that with, is
0: also available yeah, yeah. in the link below.
4: <laughs> and I'd come in with like. <laughs> And I have never progressed from those first seven <laughs> guitar lessons, yeah. but I've made them go far.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you didn't need to. Like, that's the thing. I think I stopped learning how to play instruments. Like, after I knew how I'd learned enough to kind of get out what I wanted to say.
4: Yeah. I learned back in black, and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I learned smoke in the water, and I was like, see you later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then what was, the,
0: fir- <laughs> what was the, the first group of people you, you joined and played music with?
4: Oh, um, yeah, I started a college course in Kingsland and um, yeah, did like a kind of a metal-y covers band, then did Atomic Newt Beaver, which was the accomplished Sorry, metal What was their name? Atomic Newt Beaver. It was like, basically we had, we all put in a word and we picked the three best words. And it came out like that. Um I was 16. Fuck it. you know. yeah. um But they were the cool guys that knew how to play all the Metallica stuff. But they were playing the songs, the punk songs that I was writing. And I was the singer. And it was wicked. We played the Kings and Corn Exchange on the um gig 2001. It was a big venue. Like, and that's huge, man. <laughs> Morrissey it, played there. It was a decent crowd <laughs> as well. Like, it wasn't rammed, but it was a decent crowd. And I was like this is wild. And I was so drunk. Was and that your was first like, gig? That was my no. probably third gig with that band. Fourth gig or something okay. with that band. And I'd done like two gigs with the other band. So it was like my fifth gig. And it was dope. I just had a mic <laughs> and I was just bouncing around the stage, just singing like, we did like four of our own. We did um, an anti-Nowa League cover. <laughs> and, <laughs> yo, I was 16 and it was before they did that, so I mean, actually, like any no really good, just out of order. But the Metallica guys wanted to play it because Metallica had covered it, and I was just like, "Yeah, fine, I'll sing up this fucking like, so what, so what? I shagged the schoolgirl or whatever." It's like yeah, Ball sixteen. Fuck it. Uh, we also covered Bouncing Souls, so hopefully that like, evens it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fun. they write
1: songs for children, like yeah, happy songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like nursery rhymes, <laughs> pretty yeah. much.
4: Yeah. Well, actually, Greg does that nursery rhyme that's stuff. What, that's yeah, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Not like the Bouncing Souls uh, yeah, yeah. for kids, because mm. they're my favourite um. band.
0: <laughs> so that was your first band. What what was like? What was the first time when you were like? The first band you're in that you were like, okay, well, this is like, this is, this is something I, I fancy business. doing for like, not, not business
4: like, oh, I'm going to earn money out of it. But like, oh, uh, this is really what I want to do. Well, I genuinely of. thought I was going to earn some money from visual offence. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, have you heard of visual offence yeah. listener? Yeah, James has. I know you James has. Uh, but yeah, uh, well actually, we're thinking about getting back together. Really? But yeah, um, with Sue from uh, PMT and Joykiller playing bass. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so the reason I moved to Norwich, where I started hanging out with James, was. I um, think,
2: like, I
0: guess for anyone, we've got a few listeners who aren't. Take, you say that. I'm gonna take a poop. We haven't got any listeners. Well, well, we have got listeners who probably are, don't know the geography of England, but like Kings Lynn. Is basically ten miles? Yeah, but like a long drive from um, from an
4: hour drive. It's like an, an hour,
0: hour drive from Norwich. So like the two places always felt like really disparate places and Norwich was always a bit more like
1: No well Norwich is a... uh, uh City, I don't
0: think. Yeah, in, it was a bit Kingsley, more... Kingsland ain't like a city, isn't nah, it? Nah, yeah, but Kings Inn was a bit more of a town, like Norwich was a bit more of a cosmopolitan. Do you know like, how you
1: define cities and towns?
0: Uh, yeah, a city has a cathedral. Yeah. Correct. Or oh, no, that's not... A town a has a Wetherspoons. Spoons. Yeah. No, no, that was always
3: <laughs> the thing, but you don't have to have a cathedral. Like Brighton's now a city. But so now Brighton,
1: Bright cathedral. Brighton, Brighton Cathedral.
0: Yeah. That's not a thing.
3: Yeah, the yeah, one yeah, that looks not. like um, massive the Ice Gems. That's not a the
0: Royal Pavilion is not a <laughs> No, no, it's the new one by British Airways,
3: They're
0: really <laughs> No, but traditionally you're right, but that's not a thing anymore. Since monks don't exist. Since yeah, monks don't exist anymore. <laughs> but yeah, Ollie, so we were just saying like there was there was actually like even though Norwich and Kingsley were fairly close, that it took on it took a
4: bit of a trek to get between the two places. There was and, definitely a different culture. Um like culturally they were separated. They were separated by an entire county, pretty much. Yeah, save 15 miles each side. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a long single carriageway road, and uh, yeah. But
0: so you moved to Norwich. Like, what was the the kind of impetus behind
4: moving? To Norwich? Well, I mean, I joined Visual Offense. So in Kings Lynn, I was living this life. I was working in the Cool Jeans shop. I was living this life of like. Oh, yeah, I go to the city. I go play in this cool hardcore band in the city. Oh, yeah, they, uh, you know, they have to they have to fly me in on hot stuff. Yeah. So that tastes in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um. yeah. and had this wonderful time playing, you know, just this very raw thrash punk music. I and mean, we're just finding a way. We're, you know, we're, we're too drunk, we're too high, we're having big parties, we're making loads of friends and... You Know, not you know, there's nothing serious about it at all. We drive to Kent and play for free, you know, like whatever, you know, to nobody. We didn't care, we were just having a good laugh. Um, and that was great, and that was my idea of moving to Norwich, you know. And then, um, our bassist got very poorly, he had a brain aneurysm and uh, was in a waking coma for a year. That was a real, that was a real smack in the face, um, for everyone more so for him, but, oh yeah, yeah, for everyone, but more so for him, um, obviously, he, he died, um, after a year, but, um, How is that, like, as,
0: like, you know, as kind of a, I can imagine, like, big, famous bands, like, a member dies in, like, a really tragic way, and it's like, you either kind of break up, and you can all live off what you're doing, or you replace them, and you do it as, like, a big emotional tribute, but it's like a, a small punk band from Norwich, you know, Like, what was your, like, thought process at that time? You probably... I guess you probably weren't really thinking about playing at that point.
4: I was completely in denial. Um, Were you old enough to, like, process it then? Yeah, I mean, I was 20, 21. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I guess, like, nothing like that happened to me before, so... Uh, I was completely in denial and was absolutely adamant that we had to keep the band going for when Doug's better so that he can, so that we don't let, because uh, the rest of the country won't forgive us if we don't, you know, mm-hmm. gig and stuff. Dempsey got in the band. Dempsey was great. I was a bit of an arsehole to him because I was doing too many ecstasies. And um, yeah. That normally
0: makes me love everyone. <laughs> yeah,
4: I know you do all the time. and do every fucking, you know. Yeah. It's when you stop doing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Man, those come downs, I acting like a dickhead. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a really sad time. But, I mean, you know, I mean, you go through those things. We love Doug. You know, we try and do the best we can with the lives that we have because some people can't, mm. you know. Uh, we love Sue, his mum. His, his dad died pretty quick after him as well, so Sue was left alone. Um, and we love her we are Dora. and I'd bump into her at weddings and christenings and things and you know sometimes a big gig like Google Patrol played in Norwich or something like that she might come to that um, yeah it was a hell of a thing man but that was like that was my first gig in band and
0: how long was that band together for
4: I mean they started like a while before I joined alright um, oh, I, I always assumed you were just part of that band no nah, I mean it started in Dearham um, with Robbie Patterson, mm. who lives with Al Overdrive. Yeah. Some uh, some people might know that that photographer. Yeah, Robbie's a computer game guy, and they lived in a flat together. Um, yeah, so I took over for Robbie, and then this guy Dave was playing bass, and then Doug took over from Dave, and um, then Dempsey played bass after that, and then I left. Um, uh, I got kicked out because I was being a dickhead. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, Jim from Scudder um, Played guitar And they did their best work With Jim And they did a split With the volunteers And it was uh, really cool I really like that record Volunteers work It's just incredible They are also Getting back together For a tour And they've asked visual. That's why Visual Offense Might be getting back together Police 13 well, we talked. <laughs> Who you know what? That? The amount of times I tried to get his old band back together, James's old band back together. Christ. Clean
0: 13, Visual Offense, and the Volunteers would be. Who was the other Ooh. one
4: from St. New's? Impact. Oh, Impact, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really cool. Yeah, they did a split with the Volunteers as well. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, I joined um, Fletch Cadillac.
0: Yeah, so what, what was Fletch Cadillac all about?
4: It's a fantastic horror punk, horror punk band from uh, the brothers, Halliday, Ben and Joe, drums and guitar vocals. And um, Dov playing bass, and we did that. We released a couple of records and tore it out, and it just kind of wound down.
0: So, around this time, it, like this is Norwich Ferryboat,
4: yeah. Era, ferry boat. Right? They were working so with Flex
0: Can- yeah. Cadillac, was probably towards the, the end of Ferryboat. So, for anyone that doesn't know, like what, what they was were the going for it? a
4: few years before I joined as well, right. Um, but definitely, when I, because the reason the ferryboat was had that boycott was because of a gig the visual offense played there. Where, and it, do you know what? I look back on it now, I think it's absolutely out of order. What but just we did. tell
0: everyone what the ferryboat was like, what they did. Great, it?
4: great uh, little venue on the river in Norwich. Oh, the
0: cage. The stage was a cage. Nice.
4: No, they it's... did
0: build right at the end. They built like these kind of pipework yeah. padding around it. You're right. Right. Yeah, it was a bit okay. Like a wrestling ring. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, yeah, great little venue in Norwich. Um, yeah, all, all that happened with that boycott, which I think needs to be set to rest, um, because obviously it's on everybody's lips. Um, <laughs> this boycott that happened at a venue that's been closed for 10 years. was <laughs> um, not enough people came and paid £10 for the daya, and they had a bigger band headline and couldn't pay them, so they couldn't pay the sport bands. Absolutely fair dues. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I don't
0: think anyone cares anymore, right? Well, you know,
4: was maybe it, that's why the ferry boat's shut now. Or was, yeah. it,
1: was it Vanilla Pop the headline band? No.
4: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I know, I mean, actually, it's a band that's half as, as expensive as that. Oh. And no that's way. what caused the rackets. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But it's like that venue was kind of for me that felt like for me that that was the first time I felt included by music scene obviously there mm. was fat Pauly's in Norwich, which was like the precursor to that yeah but, yeah, but that was that was just such a sloppy mess the whole time <laughs> that like ferryboat felt like it was the first time that it was like an, it was not ferryboat was like a dirty drunker mess. Sorry, Fat Pawnees was a data drunken mess, whereas Ferryboat felt like an organized mess. Yeah. Like the, you had people it depends like Depends what show
4: when it was. Yeah, when Mike was on a show, it was organized. Yeah. But there were some shows that were very disorganized. It depended on the promoter. Yeah.
1: Mm. I
0: played there and I
1: can't remember who the fuck we played with.
0: We probably didn't come see you.
4: I
1: don't think anyone. <laughs>
4: if it was eight lives left, I didn't see them in Norwich. No, I saw them with the Misfits in Cambridge. There we go. Yeah.
0: So then you kind of you were playing in Flex Cadillac. How? At what point did you start putting on bands?
4: Was that when you got to London? No, that was when in two thousand one in Kingsley. Oh, holy shit! Right at oh, the beginning, wow. right? Yeah, that was one of the first things I did because um, I went. I started going to these gigs when I was fourteen, there just wasn't enough. And so I was like sometimes I skip school and like, uh, I'll like go to a gig in Cambridge or Norwich or Peterborough. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. And so I was just like, you know, I was, I was like 16 and a half. And I was like, when well, I ran the show, but I started organizing it when I was 15. Yeah. I started organizing it when I was still in school. So like it, it took me a year to organise the chairs. Took me a year to organise this all day, but it was dope. It was at the regionals going we to the first gig, and it was Goober Patrol, Vanilla Pod, Pez, who were on BYO Records, like a Christian band from Memphis. Um, they, they were kind of Fugazi-ish, pretty cool. Um, Project Mork, Bleed Thirteen, Knee High, Semtex, Brutal Abortion. They're laughing, sure. There's more. I
0: remember playing with Brutal Abortion. People were like, just because we were all vegan at the time, like we were one of the first sort of vegan punk bands that I knew of around then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like people were like, Oh, you're playing with Brutal Abortion. We were like, Yeah, Yeah. they were like, "Do Do you know what they do? We were like, No, they were like, They make you eat the abortion, they were like, They bring pigs' heads and buckets of guts to the shows. Do they, the they actually but do that? But I never that? actually remember seeing them do that yeah, once. Yeah, like, I think
4: that was a rumour. I, yeah. I think they started that rumour. That's a lot of like, admin for yeah. uh, like a band playing. <laughs> <pain Yeah. person.
2: laughs>
0: who's, who's got the patch cables? Uh, Dave's got them.
4: Is this uh, stuff iced? Because <laughs> if, if it gets warm, it's
1: no good. Do you know what?
4: You, like You joke about that. I went to a... Who was I with? I was with Jack Pitt. You know Jack Pitt from, uh, yeah, from Norwich, uh, from, um, what was his last band? Jackals. Jackals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I met, when I first moved to London, I met him at a gig at some art gallery on the river. And, uh, and I was like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? La, la, la. Oh, yeah, that was it. His old band were playing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it was like some, like, harsh noise two-piece. Like, some guy, like, on a laptop and all the the Shit. sort of thing you'd see at Static Shock Weekender, yeah? Well, no. do, do you know what? They wouldn't let this happen, to Static Shock. The singer had a fucking pig's head with him.
0: What, like a real
4: A pig, real fucking whole pig's head. And he was winding me up because it was just like, do you know what? I was like, any cunt can do this. It's like, you've had the idea, which loads of people have had, and haven't done because it's a stupid fucking idea. Yeah. And they were doing it. and. Yeah, fuck it. I smacked What's, him. What was he doing? <laughs> what was I it? smacked him out. What was he doing with it? A... I like fucking chucking it around, like wearing oh, it, like no. when I put it on his head. It's like it still had all the brains and stuff in it. It was literally like lopped off. Ah. That's
0: horrible. Where do you even Big get that?
4: Big fucking neck. So it's like a huge like wound, open wound yeah. on oh, the neck. gross. Do you know, he's just being such a cunt with it. And it's like, I was just like, you motherfucker, that's someone's head.
0: Yeah. So you're in Fletch Cadillac that kind of wrapped up
4: yeah and that was when greg me and greg were running shows together greg. In Norwich. greg from the scrape from rooftops um, So was a big, greg
0: was was like a vocalist that i met at university in high wickham uh and kind of weirdly all of our paths converged i'd not met greg before then Greg was from Norwich, right? Yeah. But like neither of us knew
4: him. It's from Akel. Yeah. Yeah, But none of us knew him. Yeah. (laughs) I knew of some of the shows that he was running before he left Norwich. Yeah. And so I assumed he was just part of like another subsection of the punk scene. Yeah. And I had met him a couple of times.
0: I see. I hadn't. And then I moved to High Wycombe. It was like, there was this guy from Norwich who I got on with really well. Like we were both into like the explosion yeah, the, and the Bronx, Bronx. and yeah, yeah. all those kind of like rock and rolly hardcore bands. So mm. I started just doing a rock and roll hardcore band with him. And then actually that's when I reconnected with you. I hadn't seen you for like a, a bunch of years, mm. right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably like two or three years. So
0: you, you met Greg and then you, you did, what was the band you did with Greg?
4: We did Rooftops together. Yeah. Um, he was working with Lil, household name at the time, booking tours. And um, I was putting them on in Norwich, and he'd come visit his family and um, run the show with me. So we ran a bunch of wicked shows in Norwich. We did the computers. We did uh, that, that show Virgins. was amazing. It was,
0: it was the computers and Cloak Dagger. Cloak Dagger, yeah, amazing. that was
4: wicked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we did. Yeah, we did some wicked lineups together. And um, and he was just like, all the time like, dude, move to London, let's start a band. So I started this band Rooftops with him, um, and I'd drive after work from Norwich to London for band practice in like Perivale, like way out west, and then drive home at night.
0: Really? What you literally finish work at what time?
4: Like three,
0: three in the afternoon. Yeah. Then drive to London. You get to London about half five.
4: About six. Six. Yeah.
0: Rehearsals till nine, half nine. And then drive back to
4: Norwich. Norwich yeah yeah um before yeah yeah so and like in order to get to norwich and get like a place to live and stuff and I, i'd always wanted to do it. i decided to sign up for uni and i um, ended up doing um commercial music at westminster and so like when i moved there for that i had a band ready and it was with pj from pj and gabby apologies i have none and Pook from uh beat the red light uh the filaments, um uh, punch bowl, uh T V Party. Um yeah, and Greg. And it, we made a hell of a racket. It was great.
0: So then you moved on from that and you did was it post uh rooftops you did your solo stuff?
4: Yeah, I mean the thing with that was Greg moved to Australia, Pook um focused on beat the red light and um PJ focused on apologies I have none. And I didn't have anything else to focus Sorry, on. Sorry,
0: who had never heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah.
4: I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, anyway, uh, yeah. Um, he's not in them anymore. No, um No. James Hull's <laughs> doing that now. we so have so uh, had him on. We've had right? him on, yeah. Previous he just slagged, he just what, slagged him BJ off. BJ or of James Hull? James, James Hull slagged off BJ really? Really? <laughs> so um, did, So what caused you
0: to... Want to go
4: do some stuff. Well, my dad died at the same time. So the band love and my dad died. And I was just like... Well, the oh. band actually split up, or was it just so... Well, yeah. I it mean, just Greg, fizzled out? Greg went to Bristol. Yeah, it kind of fizzled out, I guess. Because like, Greg went to Bristol, but the idea was they were going to Australia after that. Or like traveling America and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I was also, because I was at uni, I had to write my own music as part of the course. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. You know, and it was, you know, it was quite fashionable at the time to do solo acoustic stuff. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And I, I was in Harrow, and the guys from the Apostates, you know, we hung out and stuff. Uh, first of all, Mike and Adam were my rhythm section, and then Mike and Steve and we made a couple of cool records. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're cool. You know, I think they're good listens. It's not okay. I think it's a, uh, you know. It's a weekend record. And then um, got offered a tour of all of Europe to the uh, the edge of the the Russian edge of the Ukraine and back. Wow! How
2: was that? Month. Any nuts
4: stories from there? Well, the guys couldn't do it, and I tried to start. I tried to get a new rhythm section, but I ended up doing an acoustic. Um, if I was going to go to the edge of Ukraine, I'd run go on my own. Yeah. Well, I did. I, but I did it supporting a French band called uh, Nina School from Bordeaux, mm-hmm. who I adore. Um, and adore, yeah, I think like I, uh, I learned a lot on that tour. About, I don't know what I learned. I, I just, I, I think back to that tour. There's two tours I always think back to that tour and the acoustic tour I did with um, Sebastian from James Choice and the Bad Decisions. Yeah. We did 10 dates in Austria, and it was bliss. On buses, trains, and car shares. Mm. Uh, Absolutely, you know, seeing, seeing a country from that perspective, such a small country, and seeing ten different places in that perspective.
1: Austria is mad pretty though, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's gorgeous, gorgeous. On my twenty seventh birthday, he took me to the top of a mountain in Salzburg, and bought me uh, his favourite meal from when he was a child, Kasnocken. It's like cheese dumplings. Um, it served in like a kind of fondue thing, yeah. like a tall fondue thing. It's absolutely phenomenal. Beautiful experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That and the Ukraine tour, man. Like, you know, we there were some heavy times when the maps wouldn't load up because we were like east of Poland, and you know, we had this crazy time the first night in in Ukraine. We went to Lviv, and uh, this TM guy, or this uh, booking agent guy. He books, um, you know, like metalcore bands from Russia. He, uh, he said he had a gig booked for us, but he didn't at all. And it went from gig to house show to street show to going for drinks with his friends. Oh, the thing was, I didn't know you're not allowed to drink the water out there. You got to boil it first, because it's like the water in the taps. Even in,
0: in Ukraine. In yeah. Ukraine, yeah.
4: Uh, so I literally first thing I did when I got into his flat was make myself a glass of water necked it and I saw him smirk at me and then like we're going out on the town like so he can show off his like French friends to his Ukrainian buddies and I'm like I've got the worst diarrhea oh,
2: in the world
4: no. and I'm like Sasha yeah that was name no, Sasha everyone's called Sasha out there but <laughs> uh, it's short for Alexander um, I was like Yo, Sasha! Like, can we stop in this pub for like two minutes? Cause I, I've got diarrhoea, and I think I've got it from your and like. Yeah, you're not supposed to drink the water. So like,
2: Why don't you tell me that? You know?
0: Moving on to kind of, I guess now you you're playing in like three. You've landed in some regular top bands, tip bands, like t- <laughs> the, the bands that talk of the towns, so the, the old, the great cynics. With was who yeah. we had on, like, a couple of episodes ago and yeah. had nothing but nice things to I say about you. I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, like, how
4: did that come about? Well, okay. I mean, like, I took a break. Like, after It's okay, I lived in Indonesia for a year and I fucked around Fuck, playing. yeah, we haven't... I
0: wanted to get into
4: Indonesia. We can, like, get, back to get, to to we can get back to it. We can back to it. What county is
0: that in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just below Ipswich.
4: <laughs> yeah, I... uh so, I did that for like six months. Why, why then, did you go to Jakarta? Okay. Um, so, I, when why? I did that degree, I did my dissertation on punk in Indonesia because James Whiteley from Wino, an old Norwich Scarcore band, who's a close friend of mine, moved over there and started writing pieces about the punk scene in Jakarta for Mild Peril, Pete from Ducky Bunch's yeah. um, zine that, you know, is, you know, God rest his soul. Um, the zine not Pete Pete's (laughs) alive he's on tour I think he's fine fine. don't worry Um, (laughs) and uh, yeah and I just yeah I became fascinated because I mean it comes back to like this idea of like going to a show in your small town and realising it's happening in other places this is I mean this academically absolutely has been my and actually as a musician like um this idea that that thing that was happening in my town is happening in other places mm-hmm. absolutely right. drives me in yeah. terms of playing music or studying music or you know anything actually you know as as a as a to, vehicle as a vessel to want to to want to connect yeah. with people like me you know people that... Funny. you know want to know something different you know i guess like a you know what in the 60s you call a counterculture or like in the 90s alternative or mm. you know
0: we've had greg on we've had dan on from mylin like
4: i think mylin are doing incredible things like that's that's quite far out of your comfort zone music wise or my role in mylin is very simple it's it's root notes to the drum, to the bass drum. Um, That's all great and, also, and also, and just, also just
0: puts chorus pedal on it as well. You know,
4: <laughs> we're mates. We have a laugh. Um, you know, we can, you know, I, I guess I, like I, I have experience in organizing things so I can help organize things. If we need to organize things. Um, I just have a great time with those guys. I, when Dan was saying that he was doing a new project, I was I was at his beck and call to put them on a gig. Yeah. Um and then when they said they needed a bassist, I Maybe. was like, yo, I'm here. I think they tried tried out three other bassists before they he <laughs> came back to me. Good old side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh but I think I you know, I guess they know that I'm always there, you know, so it was um and then I'm interested
0: to know more about Mean Caesar. Like you, you had your first show on Monday.
4: Yeah, and we recorded the it? weekend as
0: well. Are we, are you, like, because what I would love is for us to be able to play out the show with something from Mean Caesar. Do you think you'll have anything? I, I, we uh, have I rough heard some mix. It's terrible.
4: <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot more like um, rooftops in terms of. Um, the creative process. I mean, I'll do a riff.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, or like a structure and bring it in. And then we work on it. Maybe over a practice, maybe over two practices, but we should have something pretty solid at the end of two practices. Uh, we, so, I mean, I'll give you a little rundown of what we're planning. Yeah. Um, we're talking to a really cool label. Um, like a DIY, small DIY label who, has dummy. No, <laughs> unfortunately not. Yeah, I'm sure we could save so you know, um, but uh, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say because we're we're uh, we just recorded, you know, Bella. Uh, so yeah, so we've got plans with that. We're um, basically gagging for gigs the next three months. We want to just like just stamp all over London, do that for three months, and play some shows out of town maybe on the weekend, oh, really? um, and. Yeah, we're gonna release that record probably in two months. we're working on two videos, one for the digital before and one for the actual release. And um then just yeah, we're yours. Yeah. And, yeah, just like just yeah, have us. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well Ollie, it's been um
4: real on, man. On the note. Yeah.
0: An absolute. so he's gone to the it's, bar he's gone from there. It's been an absolute pleasure to have yeah, him on. Sign off. Yeah, let's sign off. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, cheers. Do we have any idea who we think we're going to have on next? It's going to be fairly soon. Um, working on
3: it. Yeah, we'll get someone next month. Relax, guys. Won't be that Maybe someone who pisses less. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, thanks for listening, dudes. Check and out the uh, Finton Stacks new EP. Oh, fuck you. Ow. <laughs> Uh, um, out never Out in a couple of weeks Is it an EP?
3: No, it's, no just
1: it's just Double well, side Yeah she sounds cocky you guys the. Yeah No
0: listens anyway Well lovely to speak to you all Have a wonderful week Take uh, care Wherever you are And um, Smile at a stranger Smile at a stranger Unless they're following you <laughs> <laughs> Miles In which case run <laughs>
1: Run Run